with the American Sign Language class that's beginning, um, we're really fortunate, I feel like, because we have um, some individuals that have taught sign language, some that um, you know run sign language businesses, interpreting businesses. So it's just really something that I think God has put together the ability to do something like this um, to give us a chance to learn some basics. So that, that class is totally optional, but if you have just been interested in learning some basic conversation um, uh, sign, then that's what that's for. And just grateful for these folks that, that do sign for us and interpret our messages. So I'd like to give them a round of applause, something that they do. And uh, I'm just really grateful for them. If you have some folks in your life who are deaf that would um, benefit from you know, what we're doing here at Orange Crest Community Church, just encourage you to invite them to come and check this out. We're trying to take the steps we need to to be able to um, um, make it to where this can be home for folks that, that um, are deaf. And so we just wanted to encourage you in that. We're in the middle of a message series called Avoiding Relationship Killers. And we're looking today at some of the frustrating things that happen in our relationships. We all have them. Not only do we have people in our lives who are frustrating to us, um, but we ourselves are frustrating people at times. Wouldn't you agree? At times we can do things that just really drive other people crazy. Um, you know, I could just think of some habits that I have, some things that just drive my, my wife crazy, some of my friends crazy. They really have to bear with me on a lot of things. Um, and it's real easy when you're in relationships to just, con- just to think, well, this is who I am. And so the world needs to deal with me. And, and they need to bear with me. Um, I don't need to change anything. Well, I think God, he, he shows us things about ourselves so that we can, um, so we can shift at times. Especially if there's things that are um, providing frustration in our relationships. It's probably not a good thing to just choose to ignore those things and just to feel like everybody needs to bear with you in life. Um, it's a good thing to pay attention to things. If God brings things to your mind, wouldn't you like to know if there was something, if there was a pattern in your life that was really keeping you from having healthy relationships? If you knew there was something, wouldn't you want to know? If others saw it, wouldn't you want to know what that was so that you can bust through those patterns and begin to enjoy relationships? That's why we're doing this series. We're trying to look at some of the things that we struggle with And see what God has to say about how to break through those patterns. Last week we looked at three heart problems that we all face in life. There's three things that are embedded or they're inside of our hearts. We have to deal with all sorts of external pressures in our lives. We have to try to keep ourselves free from certain things. But we carry inside of us three heart problems, the scripture says, that, that just make it very, very difficult to maintain healthy relationships This is just some review from last week. But the first heart problem is this. We have this thing called stubborn self-centeredness within us. Proverbs 22.15 talks about this. It says, Folly is bound up in the heart of a child, but the rod of discipline will drive it far from him. The word folly means stubborn self-centeredness. It's a Hebrew word that translates folly, but just means I want what I want. You see this in little children, but we also see this in adults. As adults, we just learn craftier ways to get what we want. But we have this stubborn self-centeredness in us, every single one of us. 
The scripture says that the rod of discipline can drive it far from us, from us. And so it really is the parent's role in life to uh, correct and to discipline stubborn self-centeredness. Otherwise, this will carry on into adulthood and we're going to have real problems in relationships. We're going to have real problems in our friendships, on the job, if you get married, in your marriage. It's just going to be a real problem because you're going to take a very selfish approach in life if this stubborn self-centeredness just runs rampant. So this is one hard problem you've got to deal with in life. Another thing we all have to deal with is this, is arrogance. We looked at this last week. Just this, I deserve to get what I want. Not only do I want what I want, but I, I'm entitled to get my way in life. All of us have this sense of entitlement. Ecclesiastes 9.3 talks about this. Solomon, he's looking at, he's looking at all of life, and he, he makes a statement about it, and he says, he says, the hearts of men, moreover, are full of evil, and there is madness in their hearts while they live. While we're living in life, till the day we die, we have these, this arrogance. It's called madness in the Scriptures. It's just a praising of ourselves. And as we relate to people, there's this thing inside of us that rises up to want to push ourselves to the forefront. And to, you know, if somebody has a good story, to share a better story. And if somebody has a good joke, to tell a better joke. You know, if somebody's... Uh, you know, making 30000 well, I make 35000 If someone's, you know, you know, working five days a week and making this much, well, I only work three days and I make, you know, it's just this, it's this desire inside of ourselves to just push ourselves up. And Scripture says it's really a dangerous thing. Pride is really dangerous because God opposes the proud, the Scripture says. But that's a problem for our relationships. So that's, that's another thing that we looked at. The third thing is this. We all have this thing in our hearts called harm or spite. The same verse, Scripture says that Solomon said, in the hearts of men there is evil. There's an evil, harmful intent that we carry around inside of us. The way it looks is this. If I want what I want, and I deserve to get what I want, and if I need to, I'm willing to hurt you to get what I want. And what I'm not saying is we carry around weapons and we'll shoot people or we'll stab people to get what we want. But we use our words like weapons. We withdraw from people and that causes harm. We'll we'll manipulate, we'll pressure, we'll control. We'll do certain things that bring real harm in life because we want what we want. These These three heart problems really build on each other and they create a lot of tension. We looked at that last week. So today we're kind of building on top of these three heart problems because according to the Scripture, these three heart problems develop into five foolish strategies in life. There's five different fool patterns or characters in the Scripture in the Old Testament in some of the wisdom material. The wisdom books are practical books on how, how life really works. And in, the, in those books you'll find these, these characters emerge, okay, and... Stubborn self-centeredness develops into two different foolish patterns. And the two words that come out of that is kasil and avil. These are Hebrew words, kasil and avil, but they're actually strategies or they're people in a sense that um, carry these things out. There's a kasil behavior type or a life strategy. There's an avil life strategy that grows out of this stubborn self-centeredness. And... So we're going to look at these things. Arrogance and harm 
if if we're not careful and we don't let God work these things, work on these things, and help change us, then we'll develop th- these other three kinds of things in our life: Sakal, there's Halal, and, and Nabal. We're going to look at all of these five foolish strategies, just because they're very very practical for how we relate to each other. Um, today we're going to look at mainly the top one, Kasil. But it's interesting if you look at these five Hebrew words off to the right of the screen. These are five words that all translate in English as fool. If you were to be able to read Hebrew and you're reading through the Hebrew Bible, you'd see these words. But in our English Bible, anytime we see the word fool, it translates, it's coming from one of these five words. And it's not that they all mean the same exact thing. What it is is that there's specific things, but the English translation just comes out as Oh, this is foolish behavior. And so what we're going to do today and next couple of weeks is try to understand these different strategies so we can really work on these areas of our life. You might see yourself, as we're talking through this, in one of these different fool strategies. Um, I see myself in two of them, actually. And so um, and these are things I've got to work on in my life. But God, he, he wants to bring these things to our attention, kind of like a mirror, so that we can begin to make progress. God wants us to trade folly for wisdom. Look at this verse. Psalm 19.7 says, The law of the Lord is perfect, like God's ways are perfect, reviving the soul. The statutes of the Lord are trustworthy, making wise the simple. God's word stands up in our, in our lives like a mirror, reflecting who we really are. Not just so that we can see ourselves and say, well, the world needs to deal with me, but so that we can change in order to have a life that really works, relationships that really work. So in the Bible, all these different foolish behaviors, all the fools in the Bible make poor judgments. They make bad decisions, okay? Um, In English, we think of the word fool as someone who is mentally deficient maybe or just makes Dumb decisions? Ah, he's a fool. Well, in the Scripture, the fools are people who have a moral deficiency, not a mental deficiency. There's a moral deficiency. There's something wrong with them on the inside because they're tied to these different heart problems that we have. And so let's look at this first fool. The guy, his name is Cassiel, and he is the easy way fool. This is... This is when we choose to just take the easy way in life, okay? The easy way. And you can follow along in your your outline. We're going to walk through some of the the things. His attitude is this. He's confident. He's confident in what he does. Sometimes confidence isn't a good thing. Sometimes you can be confident in the wrong things. And he is confident in the wrong things. He's confident because he thinks he's got life figured out. He's also hopeful. But he's hopeful in the wrong things. His characteristics is this. He's, he's got a lazy streak. If you were to study all the places where this word kasil shows up in the Old Testament, you're going to see a pattern emerge. And so what I'm trying to do is just describe this to you. He's got a lazy streak. He's not the guy that's working hard on the job. He's not the one who, if you have a responsibility, you've got some friends, you're trying to pull something together, he's the one that shows up late. Or this is the, the woman that shows up later. This is the one that has a pattern of just being lazy and just it's just very passive approach to life. They've got big ideas. OK, 
Okay? Grandiose ideas, grandiose plans. And they're willing to do anything to make their plans work. They expect a magic key in life. The, the easy way, fool, is, is looking for the shortest route to success. They're looking for shortcuts in life. They're, they're trying to figure out what's the, the, less, the least painful process to go through. What is the easiest job I can find to earn the most amount of money? They expect a magic key. I'm going to find that one thing that's just going to bring my life together. I've thought this. I'm not, I hope I'm not the only one here who's thought this. But, you know, just this, just this thought that, oh, man, there's got to be something out there. And so the, the easy way fool just looks and looks and looks for that magical key that's going to solve all of life. And the, the easy way fool uses a tool. The key tool that he uses is lying. I say he, I'm just going to say he because um, it's easier, I guess, but um, this tends to be a struggle that, that, that men have more than ladies, but doesn't mean that if you're a lady, you can just uh, take a nap right now because I think there's some things in this that you'll see, wow, I, I struggle with that too, but it tends to be more of a, a, a guy's struggle. Um, but lying, lying is the key tool for the casile. Look at Proverbs 14.8. It says, The wisdom of the prudent is to give thought to their ways, but the folly of fools is deception. The folly of fools is deception. The wise person, he chooses to have a very deliberate, thoughtful approach to life. He's, very, he's giving thought to his way, the Scripture says. But the, the foolish one, the one who chooses the easy way, he just goes about it his own way. And his way is to lie. This, this, uh, this, this second line, but the folly of fools is deception. What that really could translate to literally is, but the, the stubborn self-centeredness is to lie. In order to, in order to get what I want, in order to stubbornly get what I want, I will lie, is, is basically the fool's approach to life. He will lie his way out of things. If he gets caught, if someone says, hey, you, you're being irresponsible, He'll find a way to get around taking responsibility for it. He'll just lie his way out of life. This fool often frustrates people in life, lets people down. Uh, whenever the fool is confronted, um, like I said, they'll just they'll work their way around it. They've got a story for everything. You know, let's say you had planned to be somewhere, you know, or you were counting on someone, and this this person, the easy way, fool will show up. Half an hour late, the job's already done. And then he says, man, you won't believe what happened to me. You know, there was, a, there was an accident, but there wasn't really an accident. Or, you know, the next time, same kind of thing happens. He's not there. And he comes up with a different story. He's just, he's, he's figuring out how can I just maneuver my way through this without having to, to be honest. So nobody can really depend on the, the easy way. In dating, in marriage... The tendency with the casile is to just, um, again, it's just to use deceit, deception, to lie. When your spouse comes to you and says, you know, you said you were going to do that. Well, I would have done it, but uh, I, uh, you know, the tire blew and, uh, and the oil needed to be changed. And so I couldn't get the, the thing done today. 
It's just coming up with any plan. Now, I've, I've been guilty of this, and I've had to go back to my wife. I've said I was going to do something. I didn't do it. Didn't follow through with it. And she'll, it'll, and in order to avoid conflict, in order to avoid an argument, I'll just, you know, tell a lie. And I'll have to go back to my wife. God will convict me of it. And I'll go back to my wife and I'll say, you know what, honey? I flat out lied to you because I didn't want to get in a fight about this thing. But this is the strategy of the fool here, Okay. I tell you these things because I, I hope you will think, wow, this is stuff that is common and, and normal. Scripture says that there's two very common fools. The easy way fool and the avial fool. The avial fool is the reactive fool. Manipulative, controlling fool. We're going to look at it next week. This tends to come up in marriage to where the husband might be struggling with this easy way approach and the wife might be struggling with the very controlling reactive way approach and they butt heads like a big pit bull fight because one is trying to get something out of the other and the other one's trying to lie his way out of the one thing and so it goes back and forth and they banter back and forth this is but this can happen amongst friends too roommates this can just this stuff can happen so the the key tool is lying though Uh, one of my mentors he did a 20-year study on these five different fools and he came up with this detailed list right here that we're going to look at about their approach to life. They follow reluctantly. Okay? That's one of the things. The, the easy way, if you choose that path, it's, it's just you struggle to follow. You, you have a hard time with authority. You, have, you struggle when someone says, hey, we're going to do this. You're thinking, why are we going to do it that way? There's got to be a better way to do this. And I know the way. The easy way of, you know, he's thinking there's got to be a shortcut. He's a lazy complainer. Oh, do we have to do this? He organizes work and family unrealistically. They don't think areas like family life and work are very complicated. It's, it's really easy. And, and this, this, the Casile just, he, he has a different plan. He has an easier way to do things. They've got things figured out. Another thing is they evade work by general plans. Meaning, they just live and they think in vague generalities. It's not that difficult. It's just, it's really simple. They resist instruction. And then when they are instructed, they don't apply it. Because they're sure they can figure out a better way on their own. They're slow to change. Because change threatens their comfort zone. Change is a major threat to the person who takes the easy way, the passive approach to life. So when someone comes in and says, hey, we're going to do this, they just finally figured out what it was they were doing, and now you're asking them to change, and this person has a hard time adjusting. They overestimate their abilities. The easy way fool just, he thinks he can get a whole lot more done than he really can do. Another thing is they're sloppy and they're erratic at work. They're very careless. The last thing is is they talk excessively. The easy way fool is the one that dominates conversation. In a group setting, he has to be talking more than anyone else. He doesn't give time for anyone else to talk. The more they talk, the less they have to listen, the less they have to work. So it's interesting. The scriptures bring up all these patterns and you're like, wow. 
that sure describes a lot of my friends. And it's easy when we look at these things to think, oh, that just describes everyone in my life. And now I know how to help them. But I think the reality is, and my hope is, that we'll see ourselves in some of these patterns and say, man, (laughs) I deal with that. How did they know? How did God know this stuff about me? Let's look at this video clip of, of, this would be titled, The Confessions of an Easy Way Fool. This is from the movie Office Space. It was good. And based on that... Uh-huh. Terrific. I'm Bob Slidell. This is my associate, Bob Porter. Oh, hi, Bob. Bob, pretty much go ahead and grab a seat and join us for a minute or two. You see, what we're actually trying to do here is we're just... We're trying to get a feel for how people spend their day at work. So, if you would, would you walk us through a typical day for you? Yeah. Great. Well, I generally come in at least 15 minutes late. Uh, I use the side door. That way, Lumberg can't see me. <laughs> and, uh, and after that, I just sort of space out for about an hour. Uh, space out? Yeah. I just stare at my desk, but it looks like I'm working. I do that for uh, probably another hour after lunch, too. I'd say in a given week, I probably only do about 15 minutes of real, actual work. There you go. That's a great example of the one who, who, why should he work? You could see on his face the fact that he's lifted himself above others. He's, he's too good to work hard like everyone else. He's figured out a plan to go around it. And he just sits there, and he appears to be working, but he's not really working. That, that's, that's a great example of what this looks like on the job. But this, you know, we could roll video after video of how this would look in marriage, how this would look among friends. And um, if you're, think, you're trying to figure out, what, what does this look like you know, is there any characters in the Bible? Um, there are, there are. Peter, the apostle Peter, one of Jesus's um, followers. Early on, he had some easy way full, some casual tendencies in life. God really began to transform this, began to change some of this, work a lot of this out of him. Um, but early on, as he was walking with Christ. He would just jump ahead of the plan. He, he, he didn't want to stay in line. He didn't want to follow the plan. Jesus would say, you know, I'm, gonna, I'm going to be handed over to the elders and chief priests and I'm going to suffer and die. And Peter says, no, not you, Lord. Never. The, the idea there is, there's got to be an easier way. Have you, have you thought through this plan very well, Jesus? Jesus replied to him at that point. He said, get behind me, Satan. Because Peter was following a different agenda. He was not following the direction. He wasn't following the plan that God was working out right then. He was trying to come up with something different. Peter would talk about his commitment level. You know, God, I'm going to follow you all the way. I will die with you. And then when he was confronted by people after Jesus was handed over to be crucified, people confronted Peter and said, you were with him, weren't you? You were, with, you were one of Jesus' followers and Peter, he lied. 
Scripture says he said, no, I never knew the man. I didn't know the man. Three times, Peter took a easy way approach. He took a different way. That's just that's the way that this this pattern works in our lives. Let's look at the impact, the way that this impacts us. First off, the impact of the strategy is it frustrates friends, bosses, and coworkers. It frustrates people because he gets his friends into trouble. He harms his friends. The easy way, fool, damages people. Look at what it says in Proverbs 13.20. It says, He who walks with the wise will be wise, but a companion of fools, this is the casile fool, the easy way fool will suffer harm. He just leads his friends into trouble. On the job, this person can be very careless, can be a real threat to other people. Proverbs 26.10, it talks about this. It says, uh, like an archer wounds... Like an archer wounds at random is he who hires a fool or any passerby. His boss basically actually puts his coworkers into danger by hiring a person with the easy way approach because he's going to do real damage to other people. Other people are going to have to pick up the slack for the one who's slacking off in his job. Does that make sense? Look at this verse. I read this this morning in the message. Just a different translation. I wanted to see what it would say. This is a real contemporary uh, paraphrase it says hire a fool or a drunk and you shoot yourself in the foot it's the same idea if you're the boss you hire an easy way fool you're shooting yourself in the foot this is going to do real damage to your company so it frustrates people second thing is it impacts people by continually disappointing those close to them because the easy way fool fails to keep their word they're just going to be a disappointment over and over. Look at Proverbs 10.1. It says, A wise son brings joy to his father, but grief, but the foolish son brings grief to his mother. Again, this is the easy way, the casile fool. He's just, he's just a disappointment. He's a disappointment to his parents. He's a disappointment because he's just trying to skate through life without any responsibility. Last thing is this. People learn not to count on them. Oh, sorry, there's another verse. A fa- yeah, Proverbs 13, 19 says, A foolish son is his father's ruin, and a quarrelsome wife is like a constant dripping. Now, the quarrelsome wife is like a constant dripping. We're not going to look at that, husbands. So don't try to block that out of your thoughts right there. Okay, A foolish son is his father's ruin, is the idea there. It's just a disappointment. The story of the prodigal son, father, gives his son, Jesus tells a story, it's a parable, there's a father who gives his son his inheritance, and the son goes and he squanders his wealth, he just goes and he, unchartered territory, he does what he wants to do with his life, and he displays two different kinds of follies, but partially he displays this foolish strategy, and it's, it, it's ruin for his father, it brings shame on his family. The last thing is the impact of their strategy is people learn not to count on this kind of person. If this is you, then over time, people won't call when they need something, when they need help. They, they know, I just can't count on that person. They don't follow through. They're not dependable. The easy way fool often just hauls off and does things without thinking if they can really pull it off. 
They just they don't listen very well. They just go and commit to things, and they do, 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 but they're not dependable. So they don't follow through. Look at this verse, Proverbs 18.13. He who answers before listening, that is his folly and his shame. Again, this is the casile. He just, he just overcommits, and so he's, he's not dependable. So people, this creates distance from people. The reputation of the easy way fool follows us around. So people. So I, I guess you know if you feel like you see any of this in your life in any way in any area, what I would encourage you to do is I'd go through these approaches, and I'd circle. You know what? This is me. This is this pegs some of my struggles, and then I'd, I'd also look at the impact and I'd think about does this impact any of my family, my friends, my coworkers? You, you might jot that down. Just something to take with you today and. Kind of meditate on it. Here's three things on how the scripture says to change this strategy. First thing is this. Probably the most important thing is ask God to help you clue into the consequences. Like I said, we all have stuff about us that is reality, but that we don't really know, but others do. So ask God to clue you in to this stuff. Ask Him to show you the way this is impacting the people around you. Proverbs 19.3 says, A man's own folly ruins his life, yet his heart rages against the Lord. When you choose this easy way, the passive approach in life, oftentimes what you do is you grow bitter. Your heart, you even get bitter at God, Scripture says. Your heart begins to rage against God because you're just wanting to get your way and He's not letting you have your way in life. So rather than growing bitter in life, Ask God, would you help me see the impact here? Would you help me clue into this stuff? Show me the way that this is frustrating my family. Show me the way that this is frustrating my friends. Help me to really take that in and, 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 and think about that so that it would drive me to the point of changes, bringing about changes. This is something that I, that I have to do. That's the first step. I, I struggle in the area of overestimating my abilities and organizing my family life unrealistically. I, those two things I really struggle with. I can overcommit to things. I could do that and that and that. And I, so I load my schedule up. And then I think, oh, family life, it's pretty easy. It's really simple. So I load up my schedule. I, I, I plot time for everyone and then... It leaves very little time for the thing that should be most important, my family. And this stuff nails me to the wall. And what I've had to do is I've had to ask God recently, as I'm trying to get a grip on my life and on my schedule, I'm really you know, asking God, would you show me the impact this is making on my wife? Because it's extremely important. Because I become so myopic or just focused right here. I, I just get focused here, and I can't see the other things. I can't see the impact. So again, if this is if this is something you struggle with, ask God to clue you into the consequences. Second thing is this: trust God and work hard. The easy way approach is to avoid work completely, to take as many breaks as you can, to take as many water breaks, to take as many, you know. Uh, Bathroom breaks as possible. Well, God wants us to trust Him and work hard. 
Hebrews 6, 11 through 12 talks about the principle of, of not giving up, of pressing on, of working hard, being diligent. It says, we want each of you to show this same diligence to the very end to make sh- in order to make your hope sure. We do not want you to become lazy, but to imitate those who through faith and patience inherit, it, inherit what has been promised. This is written as a general letter to the church, book of Hebrews, and to Christians who were trying to find their way. But these Christians that he's warning here were walking on thin ice. They weren't growing. They were lazy. They weren't being diligent in their growth. And because of that, they were slipping. And so he's saying, look, imitate, work hard. Imitate the faith of those who were diligent, who worked hard among you. So this is very, very important. If you struggle in this area, just commit yourself to be a harder worker. Start with just, I'm going to be a harder worker by, and then write something down, by working the whole hour or by taking one less coffee break or by, you know, depending on what it is you feel like you struggle with in this area, make some commitments. What would it look like for me to work harder? Because God can train this foolish pattern out of us if we'll work on it. We can't do it on our own power. We have to rely on Him. So when we're setting ourselves up to work harder, you have to invite God to help you. God, would you strengthen me today? I need your help to be a harder worker on the job. I need my help to work harder at home, to engage with my family, to focus on the things that are really important. Help me not to be passive today. The last thing is this. Just speak the truth. Easy way, fool. He, again, he just lies his way. That's his key tool. So force yourself to speak the truth. And when you do tell a lie... Because all of us tell lies. All of us struggle with lying. We call them white lies or fibs or stretching the truth. But that's all. Scripture just says that's called falsehood or it's a lie. So when we do wrong, when we tell a lie, and God brings it to our mind, go and clean it up. Just go back to that person and say, you know what? That thing I told you, I was creating a story (laughs) to cover myself up. And And then speak the truth. Work on truth. Ephesians 4.21 says, Therefore, each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to his neighbor, for we are all members of one body. The idea here is just stop the lies. Stop the lies. And clean things up. The more you fess up, the less you'll really want to tell lies. The more you tell lies, the more you begin to believe the lies that you tell others. So you, you find out over time it's lying is like a is like a black hole that you be, it begins to build more of your the reality. It, it begins more it begins to build a clearer picture of who you think you really are. You begin to actually believe these things, and so just be very careful with this area of lying. Next week we're going to look at the second foolish pattern, which is called the evil, which is a reactive way approach to life. This is a angry, reactive, manipulative, controlling. And again, it grows out of that first heart problem, stubborn self-centeredness. So I hope if, if you are, um, I hope you'd come to that and just, you know, again, allow God to, to speak to you about these different areas. Let's go to the Lord in prayer as we, as we uh, worship Him again. Father, we thank You for Your Word and just the things that we find in it that are true to life. And God, we, we look at these things not just to feel beaten up and discouraged, but to see 
the struggles that we're going to face in life, to see the areas that we're going to potentially do damage to our relationships so that we can enjoy each other, so we can have friendships that really blossom and families that really thrive. God, I pray that if you've spoken to anybody here about seeing themselves in this, in these foolish, in this foolish pattern, the easy way approach, Lord, that it wouldn't just go in you know, one ear and out the other, but that we would take these things to heart. Even if it's just one thing out of this message, God, that you would point it out to us and help us to see the areas where we are passive, the areas where we take a lazy approach in life and the damage that that brings. God, would you strengthen us through your Holy Spirit, through your presence in our life, God. Help us to break through and be victorious over this stuff. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.